In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It's another day at the office for Jesus and his band of perpetually perplexed disciples. Quite a bit of time has passed since the disciples returned from their shopping trip. You remember the story last week? They returned from their shopping trip and found Jesus chatting up an unaccompanied woman at the local watering hole. Seems like by now they'd know better than to leave him alone. Since then, Jesus has traveled about Galilee, returned to the festival in Jerusalem, returned to Galilee again, and now is back in Jerusalem where he has chosen to confront the Pharisees, suggesting that they are not true descendants of Abraham, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, for their part, have accused Jesus of being a Samaritan and having a demon. All of this occurring within spitting distance of the temple, the very center of their religious identity. Just before this encounter with a blind beggar, Jesus has narrowly escaped being stoned in the outer courtyard of the temple, hiding and then slipping away. But he has chosen to remain in Jerusalem. Jesus summarily dismisses the widely held belief that sin lay behind most illness. Jerry Falwell, wherever you are, take note. <laughs> Maybe he can just walk across the aisle and ask him now. Jesus sees the man in the story as an opportunity to make a point. There's no mention here of compassion. This healing occurs apparently while Jesus remains in a confrontive mood, this healing is almost an aside, a teaching tool that Jesus uses in his effort to have the disciples grasp a little bit more about the full meaning of the one they now follow. The healing is another challenge to the paradigm of the status quo that Jesus sought to unravel and replace. The protectors of that status quo are quick to realize the threat that Jesus poses to the accepted way of doing things. The healing is only two verses amongst 41 verses that we just heard. It is the desperate attempt of the temple authorities to somehow poke this man back into the box and silence his challenges that consumes most of the chapter that we heard read this morning from the Gospel of John. John writing, of course, according to legend, in his old age, in a cave on the Isle of Patmos, having recognized that what they began in the company of Jesus must now be made available in writing to the communities that have arisen to sustain them in the journey and to sustain them in their witness to the risen Lord. Paradigm change is never easy. It may not even be safe as Jesus ends up making abundantly clear Given benefit of the doubt and a hefty dose of understanding how difficult change can be, 
Still the Pharisees and Sadducees and the government officials come off looking especially blind. And it seems no amount of spit and dirt will cleanse their sight. The one we call Savior is for them the disruptor. When the blind man returns from washing at the pool, he is depicted in a perversely comical scene, running about, trying to convince people that he is indeed the blind man that now sees, the very one who had once spent his days sitting in the streets begging. Those who knew him do not at first accept his witness or even the witness of their own eyes. Paradigm change is not easy. This just does not fit into their world. And so at first, they cannot see it. My wife will tell you that I have, of course, the same kind of blindness. When I look for things, I confess I can look directly at the thing for which I am searching and somehow not see it. So it is this morning with the blind beggar's friends. So it is with the Pharisees and the temple authorities. It will be centuries later when Barney Fife will give us the axiom, nip it in the bud. But these authorities, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are already believers seeing that the people see that the sight of this man has been miraculously restored, they have no time to rejoice. They have no time to worship God. They have no time to recognize God's goodness. Instead, they are frantically attempting to identify the person who has caused this ripple in their world and hold that person accountable. As in all paradigm shifts, one truth long held is bumping up against another truth newly perceived. How indeed can someone restore sight unless they are from God? But they know that the one who has done this must be a sinner or worse because he has done it on the Sabbath. He has not observed the rules that govern that special day. We are told that there was already a rule that said anyone confessing to be Jesus, to confessing Jesus to be the Messiah, would be expelled from the synagogue. That should tell us Jesus is already doing more than just putting a wrinkle in their little piece of reality. It is their inability to see that leaves them little choice but to try as best they can to put this gift from God back in the box and mark it return. Rather than stepping into the stream of living water that is Jesus, they huddle on the bank trying to dam the spring. Paradigm change is never easy. In addition to my allegiance to Jesus, I have become something of a disciple of Phyllis Tickle. The Tennessee Episcopalian who died a few years ago wrote a book out of her normal field of study 
unfortunately is often lumped together with other books about the emerging church, which is no longer really a thing, but the book is about more than that. Phyllis Tickle noticed that about every 500 years or so, Western society goes through a period of upheaval when old truths are examined and either recast or discarded. Her list of 500-year events that did, in fact, alter our reality is impressive. I think it can help us see, actually, that's what I intended to say when I was writing this. I intended to say I think it can help us to see as well as mud on our eyes drawing on the story this morning, but then I realized that's kind of a confusing analogy, isn't it? Mud on your face is not good news, but maybe mud on your eyes can be. Even non-Christians refer to people who help one another as good Samaritans. Perhaps we could start referring to people with a special kind of vision as having mud on their eyes, not in their eyes, mind you, but on their eyes. Phyllis Tickle had mud on her eyes. She made a good case that you and I are living in a time in which the fabric of reality is being torn and re-sewn again. She points out that it was 500 years ago that the fabric that held Europe together was torn in the 30 years war. the rise of the nation state and the reformation of the church. 500 years before that, as it turns out, the core of society split into east and west in the great schism of the church. 500 years before that, Rome collapsed. And 500 years before that, a man who claimed to be God rubbed mud on the eyes of a man and told him to go wash. And things were just never the same again. Some of us, especially those of us around my age, keep trying to put things back in the box. It may be that we have mud in our eyes rather than on our eyes. We see things that counter long-held ideas about what is right and wrong, even whether there is right and wrong. Even the scientists cannot say whether light is a wave or a particle. It seems that it is what you decide it will be in any given moment. Is that mud on our eyes or in our eyes? It's hard to know in the midst of paradigm change. Do we risk being tossed from our own group because we cast our lot with the maker of the mud? Or do we stay comfortable in the embrace of what we've always known? George Costanza's worlds are colliding. This is a moment when profound trust in God is our pool. It is our steady, deep trust in God that sees us through. Maybe that's why the story this morning ends with Jesus and the seeing mind finding one another once again. Jesus reassures us in their encounter 
that it is in relationship with him that we can see beyond the stresses of the moment, the threats of disassociation, and the clamoring of the crowd. We can see as if for the first time the path that leads to wholeness, the path that passes into the kingdom of God. And with the courage born of a holy hope, we can leave the safety of the bank and step into the stream.